Christ only always living in me. Thank you, Dave. <coughs> Chronological study of the Bible, Solomon wrote, but did not include this in his book. 200 years later, God used Hezekiah to fix that. So tremendously important as we approach Ecclesiastes. Proverbs chapter 28 is where we are at. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. You say, Danny, this is uh, before Christmas. You're supposed to have a Christmas sermon. I'm going to leave that to Dad. But I'm going to mention Christmas in this sermon because this sermon has a lot to do with Christmas. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. First, we must understand what wicked is. It's not seeking Jesus. Wicked is simply not seeking Jesus. All through Proverbs, you have the wise and you have the wicked, and the most of us ourselves somewhere in the middle. There is no middle. Either you are wicked or you are wise, and you can go back and forth between the two. This is not saved and lost. If it was saved and lost, all the saved would do everything in Proverbs. But I'm telling you that wicked and wise is something that we can change in an instant, in this room, that fast, back and forth without seeking Jesus, making us wicked for the moment. Without seeking Jesus, there is no ultimate source of security. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Why? It's paranoia, it's fear, it's lack of knowing what is actually around you and what's actually happening. With seeking Jesus, we don't have to know. We have someone who does know. Without seeking Jesus, there is no ultimate source of security, even if we're saved. Again, we, we like to take Proverbs and say, well, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not wicked, but you know, I'm not bestie. There is no middle ground. Any moment in our life that we are not seeking Jesus, we lose our source of security. We have to continually watch for problems and look for solutions. And Christians... <laughs> Folks, watch this next line. Many Christians do this as much as non-Christians do. It should not be that way. Why is it? Christians and non-Christians, when it comes to daily life, have the same worries, the same fears. It shouldn't be that way. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Hezekiah's men are beginning a section on consistency. And consistency is something no one is going to have this next week. Except the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses will have consistency this next week. There are some small groups here and there that will have consistency. But by and large, around the world, consistency will not happen this week. Tomorrow, it's going to be all about Jesus. And Tuesday, it's going to be all about presents and what to do with them and how to return them. And it's going to, go, it's going to get crazy. But this whole idea of worshiping the, the baby Jesus, it's going to be out the window Tuesday morning. Out the window. No consistency. Even in the lives of Christians, that's, that's the thing that's important. Even in the lives of Christians, it should not be that way. James 1.6, the be part of the verse. He that wavereth, or who he is inconsistent, 
He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. We wonder why our life is so out of control. It's because we're waving back and forth with it. We don't have any kind of security because we're not seeking Jesus. We need to pick what we believe and then always do it. We need to pick what we believe and then always do it. You say, Danny, I'm a sinner. I can't always do it. I challenge anybody, saved or not, anybody, keep track of how often you're seeking Jesus throughout the week. You'll be shocked. We get so wrapped up into life to where I haven't prayed, haven't read my Bible, but it's way, way more than that. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. In that verse, you've got the people that are terrified, the people that are scared, then there's us. No, there is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. The righteous are bold as a lion. He, this righteous guy, hourly or more seeks God's direction. Hourly or more. I started to put he regularly seeks God's direction, but for some Christians, they think that's every Sunday. That's not regular. Where did I get hourly or more? In the passage that Ray read a minute ago, Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It's not even daily, it's day and night. How do you do it in the nighttime? you got to do it first thing, last thing. Throughout the day, constantly, as things arise in our path, Lord, what do you want me to be doing right now? But we don't do that. Saved or unsaved, we don't do that. Joshua, you've got to stay in it all the time. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. Say, there's a lot in there written. So why are we not trying to do the stuff that's there? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Most Christians and non-Christians, when it comes to success in life, it's exactly the same story. Because Christianity is something on Sunday, if they go. A lot of people, I'm convinced there's a lot of people that think, because I went to church every Sunday, I'm going to heaven. And you know what? They wouldn't know otherwise because they're not being taught any different. This guy... This righteous guy is not invincible. He's not Superman. He's not guaranteeing that nothing bad is going to happen. Job is the perfect illustration of this righteous guy. Job sought God, period, and Job went through the closest thing to hell on this earth there possibly could be. Why? Because God was proud of him to Satan. Job never knew that, not until he died. The point is this. If we are doing what God wants us to do, there is no safer place. Now, I submit to you this. Had Job not submitted to what he was going through, it would have been a lot worse. Ask Jonah. Jonah can tell you what it's like to resist God's will. We can take our situation and we can make it a whole lot worse. But you know what? There's no guarantee it's going to be exactly like we want it. Millions of people have been killed because they sought Jesus. Scripture says it's a high honor. It's a high honor 
But we want to avoid all that. With the, we don't want any, any problems. We just want problems to go away. Problems are there for a purpose. He can relax knowing God will guide him. That's being bold as a lion. When we know that we are doing what God wants us to do, there's no need to be afraid. Period. I never, ever, ever, ever worry on my trip to Arcadian back. Never, because I know that's what God wants me to be doing. What happens on the trip, he is completely in control of, and I do not worry about it whatsoever. I did get into a car accident going home one week. Should I say, oh God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have... No, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. There was nothing that could have avoided... God wanted that thing to happen. You know why? I was able to witness to the tow truck driver. Would not have ever happened if the accident hadn't happened. There is purpose in the bad stuff. There's no guarantee to get rid of the bad stuff. By the way, there is no bad stuff. What does God want me to be doing right now? If I am doing that, I can expect that he will be doing the rest. I can expect it. I don't have to be afraid. What if God wants you to go to church? And when you get there, they shoot the place up. We kind of forgot about the church shootings. COVID kind of took the church shootings off our radar. It's amazing to me we're just as safe now as we were when we were all scared. But still, what if I go to church and they shoot the place up? Could God have stopped it? Absolutely. I submit to you God stops it every Sunday. We just don't give him credit for it. I submit to you, every time there's not a church shooting, we should be thanking God because he stopped it. Because trust me, there's a lot of people hate they hate Christians. Yes. I can expect that he'll be doing the rest. All I've got to do, what does God want me doing right now? Right now, he wants me teaching this lesson. I don't have to worry about anything else in the world. I could, though. Oh, man, there's plenty to worry about. You know what helps me the most in not worrying? Y'all know this, I've told you a dozen times. I haven't watched the news in almost three years. There's nothing there for me. And I'm just as safe, I'm just as prepared. I just don't worry about everything anymore. Or, I can stress out. I can flee when no man pursueth. You, you're going to love this. And please don't be offended, it's just true. When we were scared about church shootings, that's exactly what we were doing. It's exactly what we were doing. How many church shootings were there? I remember three. There might have been as many as ten. How many churches are there? Just the odds themselves. Forget God protecting us, but just the odds themselves. says It's ridiculous to be worried about us. The odds are so far against it. Why in the world would we worry about that? Is it possible God gave us COVID just to make us forget it? Is it possible? Absolutely. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. In church, if we're not seeking Jesus in church, we are wicked. Doesn't mean we're always wicked, but I submit to you, no one is always wicked. But at the same time, no one is always wise. We all have foolishness in us. That's why scripture exists, so that we can change what we do. Joshua, stay in it day and night, all the time. That way you can do what it says. 
But our lives typically, when I say our, I mean me. Our lives typically are December 25th, December 26th. Back and forth, back and forth. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He's over here and he's over here and he's over here and he's over. No wonder our lives are a mess. Verse 2. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. We will see this as we continue to study Israel. The worse Israel acts, the more kings they will have. Good leaders tend to last. Bad ones rarely will. The nation of Israel is going to have a whole lot more leaders than the nation of Judah, but Judah is going to last longer. It's amazing how this pans out. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. A good leader lasts longer. Solomon is the perfect example. Watch the board because we haven't got here yet in the chronological study. Israel will be at the peak of his success while he seeks God, which is right now where we're at in the book of Proverbs. The peak of Israel's success. It's got just one step higher to go once we finish the uh, Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 30 and 31, I believe, happened in Hezekiah's day. So we're not going to do those two chapters. We finish Proverbs 29. We're going to have one really, really, really good, happy, peak message. And straight down from there. As he declines, so will it. It happens under one king. And it never recovers. Never. Still, never. James 1.6, He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. We need to pick what we believe and then always do it. This past week, I, I told Ramona on Wednesday, she said, how was your day? I said, today's the worst day I've ever had in the gas company that I can remember. It was so precious, so precious. Remember this conversation? I said all day long, I was saying, God, what do you want me to be doing right now? And purposely ignoring the rest because there was so much coming at me. God, what do you want me doing right now? And just ignore the rest. I had phone calls. My boss was calling. It's like, I don't have time. I'm not going to do it. God doesn't want me doing this. He can have it. That's the only way I was able to make it through was to say, God, what you'll be doing right now. If not... If not, I wanted to crash the truck. It was that much pressure. Verse 3. A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. The rich do not understand what it's like to be poor. Poor people know that. Rich people know that. But it's always a rich person in the White House. Always. Why is that? He got the money to get there. The poor know exactly what it's like to be poor. When influence is achieved, a poor man that oppresseth the poor, that's a poor man that has achieved influence. When influence is achieved, he, it is expected to be used wisely. This is why so many people in America wanted Obama so bad, because he was like them and they expected him to act like them. Like rain produces food. A sweep of rain which leaveth no food. It's like, wait a second. Why did I just go through that storm? Didn't help the crops. Killed the crops. That wasn't a good rain. It was a terrible rain. I don't want that kind of rain. Get that rain. That's bad rain. 
a poor man that achieves influence and then doesn't use it wisely. When it doesn't work out, it's very disheartening. And I submit to you, Obama was disheartening to a lot more people than you think. <coughs> this can be applied to any group of people. Rich, poor, white, black. Um, um, what are the groups of people? I don't know. I'm so privileged in my white skin that I don't know all the different groups, and that's actually pretty true, by the way. But there's a lot of groups of people that once some representative of their group. Here we go. Leon, I love you, but you're a perfect illustration. Imagine Leon Arthur was somehow magically elected president. Do you think this country would know anything about Abraham Lincoln? Let me tell you something. They would know everything about Abraham Lincoln. But let's suppose that Leon Arthur does get elected. And for four years, he acts just like everybody else. How heartbreaking would that be? That's what this is talking about. Any group of people fit into this category, not just the poor. It's not just economic. The best example I know of is the Jews in World War II. This was a while back, but it was blatantly obvious if you saw what happened. The primary thought was stay alive. That was embedded into their head, stay alive. This nation has to survive, and that's all they could think about is stay alive. They would do anything to stay alive. There's a book uh, called Silka's Journey. Uh, it's about a Jewish woman who willingly prostituted herself the entire time that she was in Auschwitz, kept her alive. The Russians came in and arrested her for war crimes, collaborating with the enemy. How did they help her? On the other hand, what did she do and why did she do it? Did she actually live what she believed? Does it mean anything to be a Jew? Or does it just have to continue on? Many of them helped the Nazis. It's disturbing to listen to the stories of the Jews that served the Nazis just to stay alive. Say, Danny, what would you have done? I'm going to tell you. I often wonder what would have happened if Hitler knew they would not help them no matter what. If Hitler knew that pointing a gun at you kills you, and a gun at you kills you, and a gun at you kills you, and the rest are still not going to react, he's not going to waste bullets anymore. I submit to you the death toll in World War II would have been much less if people would have just stood up to him in the beginning. But they cowered, and they said, do it, and he did it. Do it, and he did it. Do it, she wouldn't have killed her. Do it, and he did it. Do it. And had so many people helping him. He, that's how he got his success. The manufacturing, oh, it's amazing the stuff the Jews helped him do just to stay alive. I submit to you, pick what you believe and then do it always. Even if tortured, I will not change what I believe. The, 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 the martyrs, Baptist martyrs, they stood up. Then they got tied down. And you know what? Christianity succeeded. It kept on. It would not be stopped out because there were people that would do it no matter what. That was the amazing thing about Jesus. Even if you didn't believe he was the Son of God, it was obvious he was different. He lived what he believed always. It didn't go December 25th, December 26th. 
It's like negotiating with terrorists in America. They know it will not work in this country, but watch this. Other countries have terrible problems because they aren't consistent. I think the biggest one is Mexico. Mexico has two reputations. The really, really good uh, 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 port cities, Mazatlan, and the rest of it where the cartel is at. Why are the cartel in, in power? because they're all taking bribes. They're all just trying to survive. And you know what? It's not safe for anybody in Mexico. In Mexico, you just get disappeared. But you'll come back if your family pays. Happens every single day in Mexico. Why? They don't consistently do what they believe. If we consistently do it, yes, it's gonna cost some pain in the beginning. But let me tell you something, it will save so much wishy-washy back and forth, getting seasick. Wednesday night, Wade got literally quote-unquote seasick behind the pulpit. We didn't get to see it. We heard what happened. Just before he quit, he said something that if he hadn't gotten sick, I think it would have had a different reaction. Wade said that God does not want to forgive everybody. When he said that, I thought, he said that? I believe that, but he said that? But then he conveniently got sick and changed the subject and he was, nobody knew. I cheered for you. I cheered for you because that's what the Bible says. God doesn't want to say, what doesn't want to forgive everybody. It's what it says. If you don't believe it, listen to Wednesday's sermon. The Jews, what they did in helping Hitler, they taught him that they would turn on each other with enough motivation. So he did. So he did. The Jews did not live up to what they believed, whatever it is. They did just stay alive. Stay alive. 50 million Baptists were murdered. Baptists are still here. He killed six million Jews. There's very, very few Jews anymore. Even in the nation of Israel, very, very few Jews, if any. And that's another discussion. James 1, 6b, He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. December 25th, December 26th. I said to you that Jehovah's Witnesses won't do that this week because they don't celebrate Christmas. People think they're weird because they don't celebrate Christmas. You know why they don't celebrate Christmas? Because they're consistent in what they believe. I think they're wrong, but they're consistent in it. They don't even celebrate birthdays. That's consistency. Again, I don't believe what they believe, but you've got to admire the consistency. We need to pick what we believe and then always do it. Or, 25th, 26th, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, after Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh man, I go to church. I really, really don't feel like going to church. They're always so mean at church. Always telling you what to do. It's so there will be consistency and success. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. 
but such as keep the law contend with them. This seems so obvious. Duh, the people that follow the law like, don't like the wicked. People that don't follow the law like the wicked because they are simply supporting their own groups. It's way more than that. There are unjust laws, period. Wade, just a simple yes or no. Between here and your house, are the speed limit signs all what they should be? Just yes or no? Yes. They are what they should be. Do you follow them? <coughs> because you believe they should be higher. That's why you don't do it. You say that law is unjust. It's not right. I think that number should be higher, and that's why we allow ourselves to bend certain laws. Why is it that medical marijuana is legal in most of the country, but it's still federally illegal? Because the government is inconsistent in uh, enforcing it. Even Donald Trump didn't enforce marijuana. Okay, it is a federal law to have marijuana in your possession, but it's everywhere. In my job, I've got to get out and go to people's houses. As soon as I open the door, I can smell it. That, it it's so easy to spot. You say, well, it's hidden. No, it's not. It's out in the open. I was in line at Bush Gardens a couple of years ago with Michelle. During COVID, they were um, temperature checking everybody at the gate. So there's this big, long, wet line waiting to get in. We're in it. We're just waiting our turn. It's like, it's fine, whatever. We're going to ride all coasters. Right in front of me was a guy out in the open. It made me so angry. You know what I said to him? Nothing, because he was scary looking. I just went home. Ask Michelle. We went home. I said, I don't want to be a part of any of that. I don't want to be a part of none of that. Consistency is the key to stability. It's the key to success. But many Christians, just like non-Christians, back and forth, back and forth and I'm just as bad I don't think that I'm any kind of example I'm not we, we cannot choose which laws we obey unless it opposes scripture directly that we can do if the Bible says Wade you've got to do 60 on this road then do it no matter what the sign says I don't think that's the case you got a verse for speeding I could probably get you one if you give me a little bit a lot of people say we got to obey the Lord I feel like the Lord's telling me to do this well what does his word say well, I don't know, but I believe the Lord wants me to speed. Here we go. Here's a good one. You're going to love this. Your family's hungry. You're out of work. Do you steal to feed them? Don't answer. Don't nod your head either, Wade. Do you steal to feed them? I submit to you, no. Ever. What if they starve? Listen to this. People who go to church regularly, they never starve because those people will rally around them. God will use them to feed the family. I've seen it over and over and over. There is never an excuse to steal, ever. But there's a thousand little things like that. You don't understand my situation. We cannot oppose to choose, we cannot choose which ones to obey. Ignoring any law gives permission for others to do the same. Well, he did it. Why can't I? All you got to do is justify it. I can't get a job. So I'm going to steal every day. It's all you think about it. 
The law is the law. Scripture is Scripture. Especially when it comes to Scripture. James 1, 6, B, He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Even in Scripture we do this. I believe that. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But I don't believe that. True. The Old Testament has been replaced by the New Testament. The Old Testament has been replaced by the New Testament. We are to learn from it, but it's not binding on us. But the New Testament, are we going to follow it or not? I'm not going to go into examples, but I was made aware of one thing in the New Testament that I didn't do. So you get up there and preach, you got to follow the New Testament, but you don't do it. You don't do it. You know what it was? Foot washing. Is foot washing for us today? I had to study that because it's like, if it's not for today, I've got to change what I preach almost every single week. I submit to you, yes, it's for today, but it should not be put on display. If, and I tell you the truth, as God is my witness, if I thought his feet needed to be washed, I would do it. I wouldn't do it in here where you could watch. I would embarrass him that way. It would be very, very hard to do, but I believe that's what we are called to do if necessary. Every word of the New Testament is for us. When we allow anything in the New Testament to be ignored, we allow everything in the New Testament to be ignored. All of it. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. There are churches this morning that are packed full of homosexuals because they just get to ignore that part. They shouldn't do that. What's the difference? There's no difference. It's the same thing. They that forsake the law, any part of it, praise the wicked. We need to pick what we believe and then always do it. Why are Hezekiah's men stuck on this? I begin, in my heart, I begin to believe they're recognizing Solomon left these things out on purpose. I believe they're seeing Solomon left this out, and I think that's why he left it out. And these chapters between 24 and 29 are going to be over and over and over in Ecclesiastes because they are going to counter almost everything that he says. Evil men understand my judgment. Always replace judgment with justice. Always. Evil men understand my justice. This is incredibly true in America. We don't know what justice is. Whatever it is, if we agree with it, that's just. If we don't agree with it, that's unjust. And we can figure out a way to figure out why it was unjust. Evil men, people that don't seek Jesus, that's all it takes to be evil. People that don't see Jesus in this moment understand my judgment. People who don't see Jesus don't want justice. That's almost as, as offensive as what Wade said just before he got sick. Do y'all remember what he said just before he got sick? Listen, you got to listen to what he said just before he got sick Wednesday night. People who don't see Jesus don't want justice. They want enforcement of laws that benefit them and freedom in everything else. I used to work for work with a guy, not anymore. He would get tickets regularly because he liked to drive like Wade does, but he got caught a lot. You know what he said every single time to the officer? Why aren't you arresting drug dealers? You know what every cop said to him? 
is I've got to stop speeders. <coughs> Enforce the law that I agree with. Ignore the law that I don't agree with. We don't get to do that in America. We have a system to change the law. Is it frustrating? Yes. Can it be done? We've seen it done. We have seen it done by people that refused to give up. They were consistent and they were going to live it to the last detail. And they changed the law. But they that seek the Lord understand all things. By the way, this makes it clear that evil is just simply not seeking the Lord. Okay? Evil is one side, seek the Lord is the other. That's all it takes to be evil is to not seek the Lord. They that seek the Lord understand all things. Do I understand everything in the Bible? It's not what you think. It's not what you think. Seeking justice for God clarifies our motives. <clears throat> Evil men understand not, just, not justice, so the second part has to do with justice. It's the antithesis. They that seek not the Lord, they're seeking themselves, period. They don't understand justice. That's what this verse is talking about. Seeking justice for God clarifies our motives. Take the name out, take the, 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 the situation out, and put just Jesus in the spot and say, is that just for Jesus? If Jesus did that, did they do the right thing? I was watching a movie yesterday, and guess who popped up on the screen? A person who used to be very popular, a man by the name of O.J. Simpson. And guess what I thought the very first thing that he came on the screen? I said, Michelle, there's OJ. Where? It was just shocking. Did he get justice? Don't answer. Did he get justice? Depends on what you believe about the law. And people believe different things about it. What's right for God will be right for everyone. I'm going to ask you, particularly tomorrow, but on a regular basis, to pray by a man, pray for a man by the name of Blake Wood. I want you to write that down. Blake Wood. I work with Blake Wood. Blake Wood has a two-year-old daughter with eye cancer. To my knowledge, she had it almost about when she was born, but they began to fight it when she was born. Two weeks ago, they had to take one of her two eyes because it was completely engulfed. It was working. They said, you can't leave this eye in there. Problem's bigger than that. Now we get into right and wrong. Justice or not justice. Blake has to go to Miami for a week every single month for her treatment. Every single month. The gas company has a, a program where you can donate hours to him. And I did. Here's the problem. There's a cap on the hours that he can receive. And I don't think that's right. If I have earned the hours, and I've got a bunch of them, if I've earned them, I should have the ability to give them to Blake and to help him through this time with his two-year-old daughter with eye cancer. Won't let me do it. Won't let me do it. Shouldn't be that way. Because it's a two-year-old girl. 
What if it was a 30-year-old man? What if it was an alcoholic? See, this is where it gets muddy. We have to ask, would it be right for Jesus? Would it be right for Jesus? And you know what Jesus would say? What's the company's side of this? Why does the company have that? I guarantee you, Jesus would want to know why the company does that. But we get so outraged in the injustice. We don't care what the other side. That is wrong and that's awful and you got to change it. Did I go to HR? No, I did not. Because I know the director of HR and I know she is a strong Christian lady and if she could, she would. It's out of her hands. So I simply ask you pray for Blake and his family because that's all I know to do. I've got things that I could help him with if they would let me. They won't let me. Father, thank you that your word makes it absolutely clear what we should do in almost any situation if we will just seek you regularly. But we must admit we are wavering. We're back and forth. We're with you sometimes and we put you on the shelf. And then the emergency comes and we run to you and we can't remember what you already told us to do. And so we say, Lord, just rescue us. And you say, well, I already told you what to do. Just do that. But we can't remember what it is. Holy Spirit, without you, we're not going to respond to this. We're not going to do anything to change between Monday and Tuesday. We're going to be exactly the same because we are totally depraved. We are sinners through and through. Holy Spirit, please motivate me. Just motivate me to do the things that I know to do even when they're hard. Knowing that's the key to success. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.